brought us in, they let us camp on their properties constantly. They introduced us to families. They want us to go to quinceanera parties and festivals and birthday parties and families gatherings. And it was just, it, we could have biked to Mexico in three months and instead it took four months just because of the hospitality we were shown. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm Gail, and today I'm going to be taking you onto a journey, a bike journey, with Ville and Kristen Jorkinson, who biked all the way from Alaska to the tip of Argentina as a couple, and they are still together. I know, pretty fantastic, guys. Now, you can't actually bike it straight through. They had to take a ferry across. They had to take a, they had to take other modes of transportation to cross unsafe borders. However, they still biked a long way for 20 months. And they did it on the cheap with only $800 a month to spend, $400 each to spend for 20 months to do this. It's pretty incredible. I'm extremely wowed by this couple and I'm excited to share their story with you. Okay, for you listeners out there, I am interviewing the most badass couple that ever lived Vile and Kristen Jorkinson, they biked from Alaska to the tip of Argentina. And we live in the same town of Bend, Oregon, because all badasses come from Bend, Oregon. Okay, maybe not all, but a lot of them, right? Is that right? That is true. That is true. <laughs> so Bend, Oregon, it's home to adventurers and people who travel and experience life. And I... I am so in awe of your story. I mean, that is huge. Most people don't even take two weeks off a year. And you biked over 18,000 miles. <laughs> yeah, well, you see it like that. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds kind of stupid, I mean. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. I... I mean, I used to think I was cool. I used to think I did really cool stuff. And then I hear your story and I'm like, oh my goodness. The, this couple found each other in life, first of all. Uh, sorry, I did a little snooping online. I saw you guys met on a diving boat in Vietnam. Is that right? Yeah, I'm a diver. Yeah, I'm a diver too. I'm a big diver. Listen to Experiences You Should Have podcast on new diving adventure experiences. and. I think that's so cool that you met halfway around the world and then you guys embarked on this epic adventure. Yeah, Vila, how do, how do we meet? What, what was the yeah, I want to hear how you met. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell the, the real story. Yes. So we were on the top of the, uh, the scuba diving boat between two dives and people were jumping off the boat uh, into the water, just taking a break, eating snacks and... I jumped, I saw her down in the water and I went to the, all the way to the top of the boat and I wanted to impress her by jumping really close to her. And I, that's, that's what I did. I jumped, I, I dove head first into the water, but I lost my shorts. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think she was so impressed Yeah. that she just, yeah, 11 years later, we're still married. <laughs> wow wow that is the official story whatever she said is not official that's a fantastic official story yep. yeah. you're here you lose your shorts you gain a wife okay how did you decide to go bike from alaska to the bottom of argentina and then we're going to walk through a how-to guide later so if our other listeners want to do this too they can they can learn how so how, how did this come to be? Where, I mean, were you drinking late one night? Like, how did this, like, where did this yeah. idea come from? You would think so. Yeah, it actually, I mean, it, it, it would be better if it were a drinking story. But we actually, when we were dating, 
Uh, we did a little jog through the woods called the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, and just a jog, a jog through the woods. Jaunt, yeah. yeah. From the uh, border of Mexico to Canada. And we had never slept in a tent before overnight. And, and that was your were, first time was on the PCT? Yeah. And the first time was on the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah, the whole thing. And so we hiked that. And when we <laughs> hiked that, I think the, the whole uh, idea of a bike tour kind of came to be. It was like a little, a little a thought, that passing thought that ended up turning into, he was like, you know, this is cool hiking and all. What would be really cool is if, you know, we did a bike tour. That we were gonna move a little faster and, you know, different scenery and it's kind of a little bit different experience. And he wanted to do South America. And then I'm like, oh, that'd be awesome. But I really would like to also see Canada and Alaska, because I've heard amazing things and haven't experienced that. And he's like, well, we could do the whole thing. And so that kind of came from there. And then he kind of looked into it and he's like, you know, that we probably should start at like Fairbanks and down because that's where the roads are good. But but it was like, oh, but we, we're not going to just start like kind of all the way to the top. We've got to start all the way at the Arctic Ocean. And from there, it was Bruto Bay to Fairbanks, which is a Dalton Highway and a mud pit. That was a bad idea. Yeah. Looking back, <laughs> it was a little bit yeah. like smart, but it was good. It, <clears throat> it put hair on our chest. Got a lot of hair now on the chest. Oh, like, oh. like, real like a hair, rug. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you guys are living. You earned every single hair on that chest. That's right. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I need to know where, how, like, how did you do this? Where did you actually go? How did you go from Alaska to the bottom of Argentina? How long did it take? Take me through the experience. Share the experience with our listeners here. I mean, sure. we don't have days or hours, but, you know, but, 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 yeah, but quickly so take me through the Quickly, yeah. So, so we had no experience in bike packing or bike touring, which is what, what it's called when you would travel by bike. And so we, we got the bikes, we got them two weeks before the trip, uh, took them on a 10-mile trip, put some weight in them, like rice bags and Okay, it seems that everything not in bolt is staying and everything's Didn't fall off. So work bikes are so we packed them, uh, packed them in boxes and flew them to Bruto Bay, Alaska. It's a kind of like a cargo cargo plane um, because it's not a touristy spot. So um, so there, it's just us researchers <laughs> and oil field workers and two idiots on bicycles. <laughs> And uh, we get there, and then we just put the bikes again together there at the airport. And, uh, you know, locals are warning, you know, you got to be careful for the first 100 miles. There's polar bears after that. You're fine. It's only grizzly country. And so that was it. And, and then we oh, wait, started. Did you see any bears? Did you have to use your bear spray? Uh, uh, so over 60 bears. Yeah. Okay, Kate, did you see any like mama bears like growling at you? Like was yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. We had one incident that was yeah. Yeah, I had to change my pants afterwards. Yeah, we had an incident coming down late night, um, down a hill and it was into an uphill. And <clears throat> when we came to the bottom of the hill and we're not moving fast. Our bikes move at about twelve miles an hour, very, very slow. They're about a hundred pounds fully loaded, so we're not going anywhere quickly. It's not the true prompts. And so came down the hill, mama bear came out from the brush right on the side of the road, right onto the road in front of us. And we stopped, braked, kind of like got off our bikes and her two little cubs came out behind her. And then we were like, oh no, now we're really screwed. And our, of course, we're thinking like, oh, this is a really bad time to realize that our bear sprays are buried in the bottom of our panniers. So- Where they should be, right? Bad call, bad call. And so, yeah, so then unfortunately she pinned her ears and started to charge us. And our bikes were the only thing between us and her. And <laughs> we got pretty close to us. We were trying to remember, like, oh my gosh, when you're in this moment and you're trying to remember really quickly, like, what you're supposed to do when you're being attacked by a bear. It's like stop, drop, and roll, you know, climb under your desk. 
You know, they're not teaching right. this. Yeah. Right. So then all of a sudden we luckily quickly remembered, like made ourselves really, really big, started yelling and screaming and making a lot of noise. And luckily she decided to turn, take her cups and bail off into the woods. Oh my and God. In like another 10 miles and be like, I think, yeah, did have to change our pants and uh, then pitched a tent. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Do you watch the show Working Moms on Netflix? I haven't seen it. Okay. All right. It's a great show. Um, any like Working Mom listeners out there? There's this great moment. It's like this mom, like she's got the baby in the stroller and this bear comes out and she like roars at the bear and the bear like scampers away. I don't know. It's what I went to in my mind. So others might go there too. That is super impressive. You scared away a mama bear growling at you. Like that is an oh crap moment. You could have died. Right. Well, I mean, for the listeners out there that can't see this, his muscles here, these huge guns yes. that I married over here. Yeah. <laughs> but that's really what scared away the bear. They are real. Okay. Yeah. That's super impressive. Um, how many people can say that they scared away a mama bear while they were biking from Alaska to Argentina? Yeah, that's true. Nobody. Yeah. Okay. You're the only ones with a story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if you have that story and you're listening, I want to hear about it. Um, okay. So you defied death. You scared away this mama bear. You're still living. I mean, were there doubts in your head of like, should we be doing this or like what are you thinking after this uh i think you think that on and off a lot on yeah, and off just because i mean this is yeah. such a long undertaking that you're 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 in it and then there are definitely moments like pouring down rain like pelting you in the face for two straight weeks on the oregon coast to the northern california coast in october uh, that I thought Vile was going to lose his mind and quit because he was so over it. Every We were soaked all the way to the bone. It's just in your face, raining all day long. All our gear is soaking wet. We're those homeless people that are on the at the Safeway trying to hide under the awning in the middle of the day, dragging out all our tent and gear and trying to pull it, um, drape it over shopping carts to dry. And that happened for about two weeks till finally the sun came out in Fort Bragg way down there yeah and it was like a magical moment wow <laughs> yeah. wow like that was a moment where yeah it was like, why why are we doing this for fun again yeah, <laughs> we, we, yeah we didn't have like this was also a curse and a blessing but we didn't have the funds to stay in like hotels or motels and so we camped i would say 95 percent of the nights mm -hmm. on this trip for the the last for the two years that we were on the on the road um wow we didn't uh, uh, afford to get a hotel until like we got to south of the border every once in a while once a week we got a place to right stay. right but i think part of the beauty of being able to do a bike tour that lasted almost two years was that it wasn't like a vacation that lasts a week or two and you spend you know so much time kind of trying to unwind from your stress and then by the time you're getting really relaxed, you're thinking about the going home part again. And so what was nice about two years was our norm became such a, a relaxed, easy, completely different change of mindset than our than the norm the norm for people. So it was just actually being able to be relaxed and i know thinking on this most people are thinking that's you're out of your mind that would totally scare the crap out of me not knowing where i'm going to sleep or eat or do where i'm going every single day or night but for us it was so calming and all day you're in nature and you're just pedaling every day is a pedaling meditation and you're just in it and it's the scary or stressors are actually oh my gosh we're about to get mauled by a bear which is what our body should be stressed about instead of why is the copier not working and why is the, why is the Wi-Fi down or, you know, stuff like that. So right. that's the kind of beauty of it, I think. Yeah. You were truly living. You weren't yeah. just living through your computer. You weren't living through Skype or email. You were living. And that's right. how yeah. gener generations prior to us 
you know, they're having to worry about lions or tigers or bears or elephants or whatever it may be. And you were, you were truly experiencing life. That's killer. So tell, tell me the entire route. Like how, how did you do this? Yeah. So, so after Alaska, we crossed to Canada, Yukon. I'll just tell you the route and then we dissect it more if we want. Um, Yeah. Yukon and then down to British Columbia and and through the uh, uh, San Juan Islands. And Hell yeah, up. I love the San Juan Islands. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Excellent for biking too. And then after that, we just kind of stayed on the, the coast 101, Highway 1, till we got to San Diego. Then we crossed to Mexico, went down Baja all the way down, did a little loop at the end, and then went to took a ferry from La Paz to Mazatlan on the mainland Mexico. Uh-huh. Then we rode through like central Mexico, like you know Guadalajara, Mexico City, Puebla, and all that. And then, then after that, uh, we crossed to Guatemala, and then we just started crossing almost once a week Central American countries because they're so small. So El Salvador, Honduras. Uh, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, then Panama. And once we got to Panama, we had that problem of like, because there's no border crossing, there is no land crossing. You have to fly or take a boat. And uh, because of our budget, we couldn't afford to take the boat. So we took, we flew to Colombia and then uh, started from like the very northern Colombia and rode through Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, where we had to choose between the coast or the mountains. And uh, the mountains are obviously the Andes. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that was big time climbing. And then you could do the coast, which is flat, but it's hot and boring. So we chose the Andes. And after that was Bolivia. And then then was the last country when once we crossed the border from Bolivia to Argentina, we knew that this, okay, we're going to finish in Argentina. But we still had about 4,000 miles to go, which is like going from here to New York and halfway back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, but then also we kind of got bored with that, the desert in Argentina. So we zigzagged between Chile and Argentina. And Chile and Argentina, is the difference is kind of like if you're from Central Oregon. Argentina is the central Oregon and Chile is the, the, the valley, the rainy valley. Got it. Okay, that's, that's the long story. Okay, so now, how long did that take you? Uh, so 20 months. 20 months. Yeah. Wow. And we kind of had to stay in the weather window um, because we started in summer, obviously June 24th. Uh, 2016 when we started Uh, okay and so then we had to stay through the summer all the way going south we pedaled through summer and then when we got to winter we were then in Mexico Mm -hmm. and then we headed down right through Central America and then into South America and then it's flipped right so when we were down there uh, winter here was summer down there that is my kind of life yeah Yeah. and so by the time we finished uh, we were in summer in uh south south america at the tip but i mean it still was what 50 degrees in their summer you're, yeah. not, you're not wearing a bikini yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So i tried like, but i could <laughs> <laughs> love it i want right. photos <laughs> well, there's videos and photos he loves to be naked they're all oh our, man we're on our website you got Instagram. A, you got a lot there. of time on bikes so you get some good ideas <laughs> Okay, and we're going to include some of this information on our show notes on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Click on the episodes. You're going to find all sorts of amazing information there. So 20 months on bikes, driving this epic journey. First off, I need to know what were your favorite parts and why? And then also why someone, someone else should have this experience. Okay. Uh, yeah favorite favorite parts i mean we both agreed by the end uh favorite country uh was mexico and that was because we the experiences we had in mexico leading up through the u.s heading toward mexico we had a lot of concern for our safety and well-being because of a lot of what we hear on the news and so forth 
And then to the point where we actually started kind of self-doubting ourselves going to Mexico, even though we'd been like three times. Mm -hmm. And so, but when we passed through Mexico, um, when we entered or going through mainland, just started through mainland Mexico, um, the president changed over our new president. And so the first thing on the docket was wall building. And we were a little bit concerned that all of a sudden staying out of politics, this threw us directly into politics. And we were kind of concerned about our safety and how we would be treated um, south of the border and very much gringos. And uh, we were not in touristy spots. We were very much in mainland Mexico. So it was the complete opposite than what we even had a concern for. We were taken in, treated absolutely amazing by everybody down there. Never a concern for our safety. They brought us in. They let us camp on their properties constantly. They introduced us to families. They want us to go to quinceanera parties and festivals and birthday parties and families gatherings. And it was just, it, we could have biked to Mexico in three months and instead it took four months just because of the hospitality we were shown. Wow. Now that's humanity uh, right there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of our faves. Yeah. Definitely. There kind of noticed something that, um, that uh, the less the people had, the, the friendlier they were, um, mm. you know, uh, just, just they, whatever they had, the little they had, they wanted to share. And that was, that was really touching and, and something that uh, I hope that I kind of could take that and, and be a, be more like that and, and, and be as open as they were. They didn't know us and they just opened their doors and invited us in. And there was no never of like, you know, what if there's something, you know, you know, they steal something or nothing. It was always like, welcome in and this is my house and you can stay as long as you want. Stay as long as you want. It's yeah. just this this mm-hmm. beautiful um, thing that I didn't even know really existed. Yeah. That is so beautiful. Uh, sorry, I am a huge believer in humanity and society, and inherently I think everyone is good. And Sorry, you asked why someone <laughs> should do this. And yeah. That, that is the exact answer is right there. It just why? brings you back, brings back the the... the your, real part of people. And, and and your trust or your your uh, belief in belief good. in humanity yeah it's just like people are good 99 percent of the people are good in this world mm-hmm. so. vila and i are big we're big smilers and we laugh a lot at all kinds of antics usually our own um but i think that what you give is what you get back and when you put a smile on your face and you smile at everybody and you say buenos dias, buenas tardes, and you make a conversation with people, yeah. they're just open to bring it right back to you. And once you've broken that barrier, then then all of a sudden you're not just a passing person. All of a sudden you become something more and then a friend, right? And so I think it's just, it's really, really amazing for us to see and have that experience. Um, that it actually, I mean, that, that right there is world peace, right? That's, that's what we're all after. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is uh, so warming to my heart to hear this. Um, I, I experience this all the time randomly with people where I'm like, people are so good. Let's trust all the strangers of it. Then we're having to teach our children. Like, don't trust those strangers and you're trying to explain why and she's like because they might take me and i'm like well most people won't you know but it's it's so nice to hear to hear your experience with humanity throughout different countries other than your own and even going through uh, a weird political time and that you experience such hospitality i i love that absolutely yeah and one of the biggest hospitality was in the country that we were most warned about. So that was kind of like the, the contrast there was like all this hype about it's so dangerous. And, and then it being like the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that kind of. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. And then I'd say, I mean, I know you said one, but I'd say the, the other place, cause it was such a long. Yeah. One other place that we both 
really loved was Peru. And as Vile said, when we got to bike through the Andes, so our, our highs were over 16,000 feet, right? And then you're biking all the way down to like 300 feet and then climbing again to over 16,000. So it's like not hours of climbing, it's days of climbing. Yeah. And hours of down. And because we chose that route, we were really, really in the mountains of Peru. And it was all villages. It's not big cities, it's not big towns. And so what we got to experience was a lot of people who live on the roadside and herders that herd their animals to their villages. They live in mud, you know, walled huts. They have no doors a lot of times or windows. And they've got, uh, you know, the family living and their kids walk miles uphill to get to school, which we gave rides to on the back of our bikes (laughs) many times. School bus. Yeah, we're the school bus. I love Uh, it. I love it. Yeah, but, you know, just making connections with a lot of these people, too, really was such a different world. It wasn't like we had just gone to a different country. It was like we went to a different planet because there's no electricity, no running water. It's wells. There's no phones. There's no computers. There's no TVs. There's no none of it. It just didn't was nowhere. And so to be able to go two months through those mountains and experience just people that actually live off the land was a pretty amazing experience, I felt mm-hmm. like. That you can't, why I would say go do a bike tour, and especially one of those places would be Peru. Go get your butt kicked on a bike in Peru, and you will really <laughs> feel like you're in a totally different world. Like such an experience, yeah. Okay, what's your favorite town in Peru? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, Huaraz was pretty good. Yeah, Huaraz is a really cool town that you can actually do a bunch of trekking out of, and there's a huge national park there that you can go see. But, I mean, I really liked going. I mean, we got to go to Cusco. My parents flew down and met us from Bend. I'm from Bend originally, and my parents came down and met us there, brought a duffel bag of of bike goods to help us catch our and so we got to take the trip to Machu Picchu and a bunch of the ruins around there I thought going there was a pretty special experience especially with her parents yeah I thought that because it was really cool to go there with her parents and you know because I don't know if they would have gone without us yeah maybe they I don't know but I think it was just really nice to see their reactions on the things that they saw in Peru that we had been looking for almost three months. Yeah. So yeah. it was really cool to see when their eyes got wide and, you know, and they're like, wow. So that was yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. They were just so mind blown by the, like the ladies with their dress, uh, bright colored dress. Yeah. And they're carrying a bunch of chickens with their legs, the legs tied around their arms and they're just walking through marketplaces and just the chaos of, you know, Latin American marketplace and yeah. stuff. And just seeing my parents just jaw dropped and Vila and I've been living in this for months, like you said. So for us, it was just oh, the norm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. Okay. So you traveled through many different countries. How many countries? 15. 15 different countries. Yeah. Which, which the, the easy part of that was like 13 of them spoke Spanish and two of them English. So once you know those two languages, it, it, was, it was nice. You just didn't have to change the language at all. Now, what if you don't know Spanish? Could you have done this trip? You, I think you could have. You'd you learn would, it. But you, you would not enjoy it as much. Just open so many more doors just to be able to have but, a conversation and know more about the culture. Mm-hmm. But that being said, my Spanish was real bad. I mean, I grew up in Ben. I took one, you know, a little bit of Spanish in high school, and I totally okay. just like, I'm never going to use this, so why bother listen? Vila's Spanish was a little better than mine, but still rusty. And yeah. so we just spoke. We just listened and spoke. You pushed ourselves to actually speak it. And we learned a lot as we went. It was just kind of a forced learning. And when you're immersed in it, everyone's speaking it. You're reading it. You're seeing it all around you. It mm-hmm. actually, you get pretty good. I mean, I, even, even if you can't speak super well, you get by. Yeah. And you do understand a lot more. Yeah. Because it just 
goes that way. So, yeah. Okay, so I'm a lover of food. Like I love, I love food, and I want to taste life. I want to experience life. And you got to travel through lots of different countries and eat a lot of their food. What was what was your favorite country for food and why? Uh, Mexico for sure. I mean, yeah, that's the only country we didn't have a hard time keeping weight because we were burning so many calories per day that sometimes it was hard to get enough food in. Um, especially if the, like the towns were far apart, but Mexico was just you know gastronomical fireworks all the time going up. Just like you, you think like oh you're saying like oh my god I found the best taco today. But, Oh my God. And the next time, next day you're like, Oh my God, this taco is even more better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chili rellenos. And like you said, all different kinds of tacos and so many different kinds of plates and every different area was known for so many different kinds of foods. Yeah. In Mexico, they have a lot of chilies and flavors and, um, and it was, it was funny because we actually thought that you know we're we actually are bordering mexico so we do get the a lot of mexican food that infiltrates into you know you uh american food u.s food but i think once we started down south of mexico we we just assumed that it would be similar food but actually through central a lot of central american countries it's really based around black beans rice and chicken yeah no spices no spices yeah, yeah it's wow. a lot a lot more plain um colombian food actually was a little better like it was i thought it had a little more spice and a little variation mm-hmm. to it um but to be honest then peru bolivia you like i said we went in the mountains these these cultures are very removed and they're moving their animals so uh-huh. the chicken that you just saw running around outside is what's going to be served on your plate just sure. <laughs> chopped yeah there grilled and on your plate right so it's very plain and very simple food but it's farm to table you are very hip for sure (laughs) very hip yes okay so i am now going to get into logistics so I want to know, so you took 20 months off of work to do this. How much money did you need to save in order to take 20 months off and live while biking on this crazy, amazing journey? Yeah, good question. So um, I would just start with the bikes. Like the bikes were, uh, we got some deals. We, uh, we had some uh great support from some local businesses like Hot City Bicycles and then another band bike project, uh, awesome people. So um, we got a little bit of help with the, the bike parts and stuff like that. So, uh, but I would say we spent about $2,000 each on the each bike and all the gear involved, the bags and stuff. And then the rest of the stuff we had, like the camping gear we already had. And then... Um, but after that, it was just the first flight ticket to our uh, Alaska, and then um, we own our house here in Bend, mm-hmm. and we rented it out, and that was the money that uh, we got from the rent that paid every month mm-hmm. for the trip, and that wasn't a lot. It was about $800 after uh, taxes and insurances, all that we had was $800 a month. So For two people, for the whole trip. Yeah. So $800 was- a month for two people. And yeah. you were able to eat and yeah. clothe yourself and have shelter for that. So four hundred dollars so yeah. each month. Like I know, I know. It sounds crazy, it, and it was really hard, especially like Alaska. Everything's super expensive, and we had to go a little bit over budget there. But we really didn't have a lot of nesting. So, uh-huh. so it was really hard. But once we crossed the border to Mexico and things start, you know, a meal start co- costing a dollar, dollar fifty. So it gets right. a lot easier because right. we had about a $20 a day to spend on the two of us. Yeah, he, he told me he'd take me to beautiful places. He just didn't tell me that I'd have to pedal there and I'd have to sleep in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> but he got you to do it. 
<laughs> yeah, but, but I took her to beautiful places. <laughs> and you had authentic food, you know. Yes. Yes. The most and farm to table food. I mean seriously and you got to see the land and the oceans yeah. and the mountains yeah and i mean we didn't have to pay for gym memberships the exercise came free with the that's travel. right that's right oh my gosh okay so you have these tents how do you know it's safe like where where are you camping and how are you showering um like how do you make this work Showering or not showering. Oh, <laughs> so you stinky. Yeah. Oh. Well, so we we actually always had the the one rule we stuck to the entire ride was that wherever we camped, um, if we rode our bikes to the end of the day and then we kind of scope out a place that we could like duck into the woods or the bushes or the trees. This is a lot of Alaska, Canada, very remote places. It got a little harder when we were in you know, places where it was more congested. We just asked people places to camp in their farms, on their porches, and, you know, around their house. But we never, we always made sure that nobody ever saw us where we went to camp. So this was a designated camping spot. So we would just ride till dark and then we would make sure no cars were going by or no one saw us. And then we kind of duck into the woods and go find a place to pitch our tent and camp. And we didn't have use a lot of lights, we never had a fire or anything like that. And so we were always just really careful to be hidden when we were camping. Um, and then we just had to be careful when we would go um, into a store, one would go buy groceries or whatever, the other one would sit outside with the bikes and the gear. Um, just because opportunity, right? If there's poverty or people that don't have something and you have stuff of value, um, the opportunity is there to, for it to disappear. And it was all that we had. So we definitely just made sure to keep an eye on our stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, we just camped along the way. And as far as showers, um, occasionally we here and there, like you said, it got cheaper. Mexico through Central America, most Central American countries, it got more expensive through Argentina and Chile are a lot more comparable, I'd say, to U.S. prices are a little bit less, so they were not cheap. But otherwise, occasionally we just, you know, get a hotel and get a shower, and that way we would stay married. Yeah, yeah that, right. I mean, in Central and South America, there's this cool culture, especially like fire stations and police stations, hospitals, Red Cross buildings, uh, that you can kind of go and ask if you can camp there. Sometimes they would give us uh, like it's just a, like a closet room, and and we were able to take a shower or whatnot. So it's it's kind of just like just winging it, and and there was always somehow like when you needed a shower, it just somehow appeared from somewhere. Whether it's a garden hose in someone's farm, or you know, it's a lake or a clean river. Right, it might not be hot water, but it's yeah. definitely water. Okay, yeah. all right, now. What if you have limited mobility and you are traveling via trike? Were there areas where the bike paths were a little bit wider that you would say would be a really cool area to travel via trike? Yeah. Um, many places. I'd say Mexico had a great road for cycling. Uh, not Baja, not so much, but mainland Mexico. And then San Juan Islands that we talked about, yeah. hardly any car traffic. Really great cycling. And just great cycling, beautiful. And if there's any cars, they're going really slow. Yeah. Um, did you go to Lopez Island? We did. Yeah. I love Lopez. Yeah. Everybody waves to you as you go by yeah. on Lopez. It's like yeah. the friendliest island yeah. in the world. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah, it's nice and hippie-ish. Yeah, Bailey, yeah. what are you thinking about who you got to, who you got to meet? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was actually on the main San Juan Island. Uh, like so near Friday we, Harbor? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So we were having fish and chips there. And this guy with his son comes and stands in the line behind us. And I take a, you know, a, a look, you know, who came in. And, There's us and him in there. Yeah. It. And it's, and I'm like, man, that looks like Chris Pratt, the actor. Yes, I was like, oh man, I like Chris Pratt a lot. I, you know, the uh, Parks and Rec, I really like yeah. him. 
Big fan. And so I take a double look, and I was like, then I started like elbowing Kristen, and I'm like, hey, is that Chris Pratt? And she's like, oh, sure. So I, I turn around and ask, excuse me, are you Chris Pratt? And he says, well, yes, I am. <laughs> he ended up being super nice guy. We chatted for 15 minutes and, you know, played with his son. And, and then he, he agreed. He thinks we, he thought that we were crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Nice. We lived there. I'm like, oh, no. And showed him our bikes, and he thought we were out of our mind. Yeah. <laughs> what we were I doing. love it. I love yeah. it. Super cool guy. Oh, fantastic. I love it when you hear about cool actors you already think is cool from things you yeah. watch and find out that they're actually really cool people. Super, yeah, funny guy, down to earth, just having fish and chips with his son, you know. Just, Sweet. Yeah. Chris Pratt, I really hope you're listening to this podcast um, because we all think you're really cool. Hi, Chris. We want to be your friend. Hey, Chris. I told you we made it. We made it. We made it. it. Okay. And I would like to know about the culture that you're in. You know, you're going through many different countries. You're not in America anymore. Oh, what are tips that you would give to other people traveling through South America and Mexico to be culturally appropriate? Mm. Um, That's a good one. So I think one of the things that as somebody who travels a lot as uh, being from the U S and then traveling outside the U S I think one thing we, we Americans tend to be really loud and kind of like formulate our opinions about things going into things. Um, but trying to just be really open-minded, quiet, open-minded and observant before snapping to judgments of how something is and just taking things all in and trying everything. I mean, experimenting everything, you know, not having like an opinion on what something would be weird or, gross or whatever trial food especially larva right is that your fave yeah vila ate larva um in the amazon in group you ate larva i did, yeah i did yeah was it good it wasn't bad it wasn't good it wasn't bad yeah okay all right i'll take it you know i'm not i'm not scared yet you know yeah, it was it was one of those things like someone someone in, in the next table next to us got dared and he wouldn't he tried to do it couldn't do it so you know it's a guy thing so I had to do it. Okay, all right, I respect that. I respect yeah. it. I would have tried it too. <laughs> yeah, but I think one funny thing actually that happened to us in Central America. When I started to not oh, feel well one day and I started to, dealing with the heat, I started to have a like bladder infection on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. Oh and yeah. We went to a little cafe. And you don't have up. Cipro, you don't have cranberry juice. What do you do? Right. Losing it, totally meltdown. Oh my and god. Oh, I am so sorry. I could yeah. feel the pain. Stopped, stopped on the side of the road in a cafe, and the, the lady at the place, so sweet, just like took charge, um, gave me some cold towels, told me to sit down and hang out, and was like, you, pointed to be like, you're going to go with my son, and you're going to go up to the next town and get some some. You're going to go to the pharmacy with my son, and so I just jump on, on the motorcycle with the son, and we rode into this pharmacy where that was just basically a bookshelf with a desk, desk in front of it. This... <laughs> This couple that were, they were younger than us, and just standing there, and they started. I I, I just show up and 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 uh, to start telling what's going on, and and they're like, okay, uh, kind of looking at me like weirdly. Okay, here's uh, here's for the pain, here's for the infection. Um, then I'm like, okay, thank you so much, and I'm kind of heading out, and they go, hey, ho- hey, hold on, Gringo, what are you doing here? Like, there's this is not a touristy place. So what, what are you doing here? And then I, you know, tell them what we're doing and, and they're like, wow. And, and they ask, uh, how old are you guys? And I said, I think we were 36 or 37 at the time. And, uh, I tell them we're 30, 37. And, uh, they go, uh, where's your kids? 
instead of like, do you have any kids? It's like, right. you're 37, you better damn have some kids, you know? Yeah. So, and that was like one of the cultural things that we kind of started like every day was pretty much yeah. that, like, where's your kids? Like, did you just leave them to grandparents? Or like, <laughs> so I continue and I said, no, uh, we don't have any kids. And, and then the look on their face was like, oh. oh. <laughs> so the husband, uh, and you know, they're in their 20s and they got a bunch of kids running around. And uh, the husband reaches underneath the desks and, and puts this package on the table and says, es un regalo, this is a gift. And it's Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I have to say, I'm not a doctor. But I don't know what else. <laughs> but I'll try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was kind of like the, just the norm. Like, where's your kids? He's yeah. solving your problems, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. He's trying to be helpful. Oh my gosh. That is the best story. I love that story. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I, mean, I was in such a hurry to get back to her that I completely forgot to tell the story for like six months. <laughs> six months? Then, you waited six months to tell that story? I could have waited like 20 minutes. I know, I know, because she was in such a pain. So I just, you know, here's your medication and blah, blah, blah. And then, <laughs> then it just came up in a conversation. I said, oh, yeah, we got a Viagra from a pharmacy. <laughs> she, she goes like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah, right. You cannot sit on that story for six months. Like, that could have been, like, some serious story time while on the road right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the vault. That would have had me giggling through like at least three countries, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 That's, oh my the, goodness. yeah that's, that's a cultural difference for sure. Okay. Hashtag best story ever. Um, that's amazing. Okay. So we, we are nearing the end of this interview. And I want to know what is the one thing that you were super happy to be traveling with and why? Um, well, one thing that I, I just kind of want to point out to people out there is, is, is I'm from Finland. I'm from the European Union country yeah. and she's from obviously U.S. Our passports are, they're like the, you know, the universal key. You can get anywhere with those and you should really use them because we met a lot of people that were making a lot more money than us, but just couldn't travel because their passports, they were, you know, because what their current politics or their country, how it was economically, they just couldn't travel. And so I just, I think just having our passports is a, a, something that, a gift that I don't want to take for granted. Mm -hmm. When you come from the happiest country in the world, <laughs> right? But... I mean, here you come from this country of happiness and you're able to network with others and that's, and share what you're learning on the road. That's incredible. Yeah, it is definitely like the lessons we learn on this road will, will definitely um, be something that we'll forever cherish. Yeah. I think um, one of the takeaways of the ride is it doesn't take uh, experience it doesn't take super special gear absolutely anybody can do something like this because we had kind of the basics of gear and Vilana had zero experience but you learn that's life right you learn as you go along the way and so it's something that I think your listeners out there can take from that is that you don't have to plan out everything there doesn't have to be a plan in place before you go it's always going to change anyway, just like life throws all the curveballs at you. So sure. just make a rough idea and wing it and you'll, and you'll, you'll get there. And one of, I think anybody can do something like this solo or together or with a group. But for me, one of the best things that I took from this journey was meeting a partner in life 
who is so incredible and shares the same passions as deeply rooted as I do. And we were fortunate enough to meet each other somewhere in the world that we met and that we get to journey on adventures like this and still laugh through life together. And I'm glad that I took him along for that two year ride. And <laughs> I hope we continue to get to do this together forever. Aww, that's super sweet. Okay, I am gonna end on that note because that is super amazing and I have all the feels right now. I hope you listeners do too. And uh, you're so inspiring. You were not accomplished bike riders by any means and you did this epic journey, $400 a month each. Yeah, it's yeah. like a lot. That's huge! you have a story that will last a lifetime that will continue on through the generations and Chris Pratt might be at the dinner table right now talking about you too like that is that's hashtag pretty epic that guy was good looking from Sweden was he or Norway where was he from <laughs> oh, I love it thank you guys so much for being on the show I just truly appreciate it and remember to go to experiencesyoushouldhave.com I'm going to be linking to this amazing couple's uh, website, social profiles, pictures providing information, costs the breakdown, all the information you would ever want to know and more on experiencesyoushouldhave.com and please also follow us on Instagram at experiencespodcast and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or on your iPhone, please leave us a five-star review. Unless you didn't like us, then please don't leave any review at all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have podcast. If you want to find out more information about this episode or learn about information from other episodes, please go to experiencesyoushouldhave.com, click on episodes, and you will see a plethora of show notes. I write up a huge article for each show, including links, information, pictures, everything that you would want to know and more. Uh, to help you on your journey if you wanted to do the same experience. So uh, we'll be giving top tips, recommendations, and uh, links for resources. And also, if you love this show, then I would love for you to review the show um, on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And if you didn't like the show, uh, then, then please uh, do not review. And... Also, check us out on Instagram. Uh, we're fairly new to Instagram, but we do put these episodes up there. Uh, you can find us on Experiences Podcast there. We also have a Facebook group. Yeah, we're totally hip. Uh, so please, follow us on social media. Tell uh, your friend, family member, your newspaper deliverer, whoever you talk to in life, tell them about experiences you should have podcasts. And if you have an idea for the show or if you'd like to be on the show, then uh, go to experiencesyoushouldhave.com, click on contact, send me a note, and I would love to hear from you. Thank you.